With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, my name is Ali Vignon, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hi, I'm Matt Niskanen. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, it's Derek Graham. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Well, that, uh, that was the thing. That was the thing. What we just experienced, not a great result by any stretch of the imagination. And I might even say a disheartening loss for the Flyers, who drop a game they likely should have won. A game in which the power play came back to life. A game in which a team that has been so excellent at five on five and inept at the power play decided that this was the game they were going to invert that model. A game in which, <clears throat> once again, Suzuki was allowed to leave with his head on his shoulders and goes on to score another goal. And by the way, I'm ready to get into it with my dear friend Anthony. Another game where you you just wait, you hope, you pray that perhaps this will be the game that your captain in the end wins that faceoff, the most important faceoff arguably of the entire series, doesn't do it. And so now this series gets stretched to the six games that I thought it was going to. Six games against the 24th ranked team coming into this postseason. Exciting. Great stuff. I, I, I almost want to turn my camera and microphone off because honestly if you do it's fine because, because you're, 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 you're gonna you be on beyond, an island you are you're gonna beyond, be on an island by yourself you are beyond ridiculous okay you're beyond ridiculous mm-hmm. you really are because <laughs> I, I you know what let me let me just say this first and foremost I, I i first i gotta say i was surprised by montreal's like effort throughout the entire game i really was i knew they were going to come out fast early but I thought once the Flyers took the lead on them at two one, I thought that was going to be it. I thought Montreal was going to you know be like, okay, we can't do this. Um, uh, but I'll tell you that you know that that surprised me a little bit. That said, this is exact. This is a this was this is there's a positive in this. There's a big positive in this because now the Flyers are in the playoffs. Now now they're in it. Now they you see the emotion that's coming out now. All right, they were they were the Flyers were kind of an emotionless team for through the round robin through the first five, uh, four games of this series. They are in this series now, and they are feeling it. This is playoff hockey, and this is this was a good thing for them to play in this type of game, win or lose. If they would have won, it would have been a good thing too. Okay, but this style of game was really good for the Flyers, and I think that it's going to bode well for them moving forward. But to sit here and and to just all of a sudden. Um, uh, after after you sit, you know, after they've won three out of the first four games, the power play corrects itself tonight. Mm-hmm. Carter Hart doesn't have a great game for the first time in forever, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, this team—they're not hitting the right guy. They're not letting him. They're letting him leave the ice. This guy's terrible. They, they oh they they shouldn't let this happen. This team's the worst team in the playoffs. The fact of the matter that, is, this is playoff happens. hockey. This uh-huh. is how it works. Eight seeds have won the Stanley Cup, okay? They've won the Stanley Cup. The worst team to ever make the playoffs, the Minnesota North Stars, in 1990, was that 91, 92, whatever year that was that they went? They, I think they had 51 points in the regular season, made it to the cup final, and won two games against Mario Lemieux and the Penguins, mm-hmm. okay? It can happen. It can absolutely happen. How and and credit the Canadians for the way that they're playing. Hold on. Hold on. How, often, gotta, does that, how no. often does it happen? It happens. The How eights, often? 
when did the Los Angeles Kings win the win the Stanley Cup as the eight seed? Was that 2012? The mm-hmm. Flyers got to the final in 2010 as a seven seed. Mm-hmm. It happens. They're called these, anomalies. These, this is hockey, man. They're called anomalies. That's why they. That's, that's if why it happens multiple times. How is that's it? Why, that's an anomaly. Okay, because if it happens two out of every thirty years, two out of every forty years, three out of every it happened 50, twice in three seasons. Okay, two thousand before that. When was it before that? When was it before that? I have to go back and look, Russ. But there's, okay. there's, Russ. Low seated teams go far all the time, man. This is this is crazy to sit here and and to to have a meltdown over this game. This a was meltdown. a very good hockey game. I'm not having a meltdown. But you had you your opening monologue was all that. It was like I can't believe this happened. They're oh they're going to a sixth game against the twenty fourth team in hockey. This is awful. But I want no. I want you to flip the script here a second. There's no if, script to flip. No, there is. If Travis Konechny scores a goal in the second period and goes over and taps Carey Price on the head, you're telling me Shea Weber isn't going to to rip his head off in the next period. You're saying no. that nobody's going to run. No, I I disagree. Russ, with no, you. because I, they the teams understand this. Russ, teams understand that this happens, that this is part of the playoffs. Will they eventually get revenge on Suzuki? Yes, they're not going to do it in the third period of a game where they're down a goal and trying to win a playoff series. Have some common sense. Have some common- oh, and by it the way, by it the just- way, it just dawned on me. I, I'm sitting here trying to think of like, you're like, when has this ever happened before? Let's see. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning set a record for the best record. Yeah, I know. And yeah, and they got they got they got, got upended. Swept yeah, by in the, the first round, Columbus Blue Jackets. Last and then year. what happened? But they, you're missing the point. You're saying they should. The, the Flyers shouldn't be competing with the with the number twenty four team. They should be blowing them out. Well, by that rationale, the Tampa Bay Lightning should have won at least a game against the Columbus Blue Jackets last year. And of course they should have. Of course they should have. <laughs> I, you know, it's 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 crazy. I mean, look, I understand that fans want to be upset, right? I mean, you, you, fans want to be upset because they lost the game, and it's a playoff game, and every game there's a lot of emotion tied into it for the fans. I get it, mm-hmm. I get it. I'm not sitting here telling you that you shouldn't have that emotion, but take a second and think about it, and pay it, and look at the game as a whole, and realize that you know you were talking during the last intermission that leaving Carter Hart in could have been the moment that. That, you know, we talk about Philly, Philly, and it could be that conversation with AV, and we're talking about it when they win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it didn't turn out that way, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't turn out that way. But he by that rash, I thought he locked it. I thought he looked okay in the third. Sure, he did. But but I'm saying, but it's not going to be something that we remember, right? Sure, because now we, it won't because now they, won't, lost. they if, lost if the game. They, if they go on to win, it is okay. Okay, but what I could say to you is, is that maybe this the result of this game being what it was and how physical it was and how nasty it was and how and how the the intensity level just ramped itself up to a level that the the Flyers have not played in since the Penguin series in 2012. Mm -hmm. So I I will tell you the Washington series a couple years ago, never got to this. The Rangers series, even though it went seven games two years before that, never got to this. This is the most intense hockey playoffs that the Flyers have played in since the Penguins with the Giroux shift when he knocked Crosby on his ass and scored the goal, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing has been like that since. This is good for them, and maybe it's something like this that that elevates them to the next level to then go on and be a team that can go far and make that run to the cup. I look at this as a positive. I really, really do. See, I think if game two doesn't happen, then I agree with you. But you got the wake up call you needed in game two. There's no, like I I I cannot fathom holding a lead in the second period of this game. And after having two consecutive shutouts where the team plays excellently in front of Carter Hart, where he's on his game, where the four check looks absolutely deadly, looks like the the thing that you rode to nine consecutive wins prior to losing the last game before the, the season was paused. You had it all together and you blew that lead. And like to me, that that I think is is the the moment in all of this where I think people are right to be frustrated. That you had you had Montreal on the ropes. You managed to get two goals on that five-minute major. That was big. Like that was the moment where you kind of think, hey, this is it. And then I don't I don't know what happened. It, it was almost as if we kind of got back to that. Carter Hart got up a bad goal. That's what happened. That, well, that was part. <laughs> but it, it was almost as if you lost this the spirit of the moment. It was almost as if, you know, you you let a bad team like Montreal hang around 
and they start believing in themselves. And this is kind of what happens. And I just, no. Wow. Like, you know, it's just, this to me is a frustrating loss. It, It just, it just is. It was a really fun game to watch. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed watching it. Great playoff hockey. You would never know that there were no fans in the stands were it not for the fact that like, there's no, you know, crowd noise, but like the intensity of the game, you try to tell those guys that there weren't tens of thousands of people in the arena. Right. Like it, there, yeah. there were like, who doesn't love, love watching playoff hockey. Okay. So that part's great. I would totally agree with you that some adversity is a good thing, but they had their adversity already. Now, do, do you need to get into a dirty series where this goes into a sixth game and, you know, Montreal theoretically pushes it to seven and somebody gets laid out with a dirty hit. No, you don't need that. And that I, th- I guess is my only fear now is like, okay, you know, you might've jinxed the whole thing because you, uh, you wrote it in your piece that, you know, you were kind of tempting the fates by uh, saying that the flyers, it's not a matter of if, but when they're going to finish this off, just want to, just want to let you know that, you know, if, if this goes sideways, it's I all your it. fault. Yeah. But I fear potential repercussions of getting into another game or potentially two with this team, knowing that there have been dirty hits. And by the way, there have been some quasi dirty hits both ways. I do fear that like, there's a chance that you're opening yourself up for uh, a, a bad hit that takes somebody out of, out of this rotation. Maybe you get through, maybe you get through Montreal, but if you lose somebody that is meaningful to this team for the next series, that might send you home. And that's the only problem that I have with it. I love playoff intensity, but I don't like some of the dirty hits I've seen. And I don't think it's going to get any better. That's my only fear. That's so here, why I'm here, upset that they lost this game. Russ, I, look, I'm going to say this the easiest way possible. When, they, when the team wins a playoff game, everybody goes bananas, right? They love it. It's awesome. This team's the greatest thing ever. They're going to win a Stanley Cup. And then they lose a playoff game, and it's – Doom and gloom. It's awful. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. Mm -hmm. So what I've always tried to do in the 20 years that I've been covering this team is I've always tried to be the guy who let's bring it back to reality. And so I get people mad at me after wins because I say, okay, let's pump the brakes. And I get people mad at me after losses and say, hold the phone. This might not be as bad as you think. So I try to, I try to find the, the opposite view for a reason, not because I'm trying to be a contrarian, but because I'm trying to show you that when you when you take the emotion out of it, there might be something of value in it, in the in the analysis that we provide. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm looking at it, and and I think that maybe I'm desensitized to the to the re, to the emotion of it after being around it for as long as I have, you know. And and you you're you know a little bit newer to the to the process. You're still under thirty. You're still Got you still got that all those days for another thirty some days, right? Thirty six days left. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you still have the you know that emotion build up after after there's a game. Look, I get it. I I completely get it. I remember being like you back when I was a younger guy and not really uh, a, a beat writer just yet. I was the same way. I remember being at my first playoff game as a writer and getting excited in the press box at a goal. And oh, getting, I, I, and, I yelped. Remember the yeah, first game, and getting first yelled at, last, right? Yeah. I mean, it happens, right? It happens. So, so you know, I'm just trying to be the person who says there's there's good to be found in losses and there's bad to be found in wins. That's okay. all I ever try and do. And I that, think that there's a lot of good to be found in this. That loss. is totally that is and totally not fair. And, and not to get not to be over disappointed in the team. In fairness, I've more or less desensitized myself whether they win or lose at the you're, end of a game. You're getting better, but no, like genuinely. <laughs> But yeah, you're getting this better. one, this one, this one just sticks in my crawl worse than uh, than any other one in recent memory. Because, to, because, because it's a playoff me, game and it's, it's now and That's it's hard. Why. It's hard to close out a team. And you mentioned it during, I think, the second intermission. Montreal is a team that as of right now is playing like they have nothing to lose because they they have nothing to lose. And that's a dangerous formula. And you, you mix in the fact that this team did not roll over and die when they fell down 2-1. This team did not roll over and die after an offside goal. Uh, a goal was ruled off. Uh, you know, at some point, that team starts believing in themselves more than the little engine that could. And by the way, Carey Price has not stolen a game yet. 
He has maybe, maybe he don't maybe he can't. But maybe he can, but maybe he can. You know, the the whole thing goes sideways. And listen, listen, there were a lot of people that I wanted to like scream at on Twitter during this game where the Flyers blew that lead and it was gloom and doom, get ready for next year kind of crap. Like I, I'm not here for that. I can't handle that. I will not handle that. It's not okay. Get it together. But there, there to me is a certain level of frustration watching this game play out the way that it did. And ooh, that was a great goal. Are you watching? Did are you Vancouver, St. Louis? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Love to see that happen for the Orange and Black. Um, I want to get to some of the comments. Yeah, well, there's a million of them. Let's get we, to them all. We have a ton. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't know. Maybe we go in reverse order because people are are no, trying no, to no, start at the beginning. All right. So. Uh, Zoe M says it was a thing, a definite thing, not a good thing, but a thing. Bobby says all of them, their worst, uh, their own worst enemies. Zoe says he patted Carter Hart on the head. No, absolutely no. And, and let me, and let me, let me quickly... I think we should just let's read through a bunch of these and then okay. and then pick out our favorite points. Spinning my wheels through life says Flyers were home team with a last change. Habs top line scored two on the Flyers fourth line. Why? Do you think G is hurt from Bobby? F that game from Nikki Lee. Mark Kennedy says, yeah, I lost uh, all the little respect I had for the Habs, uh, for for the Habs tripping and complaining like little female dogs. Uh, Christopher Houck says, uh, Haig lost the game with his blown assignment. Embarrassing. Frank Barber says, hey, Ant, what's more exasperating, the Flyers loss or Russ? <laughs> Brian Gravino says, I'll try to refrain from being too negative. However, I challenge you to find any Flyers fan that feels good about the series right now, despite being up three, two. I think that's just the heat of the moment. I think that that, that will change. Uh, Zoe M says they they've been in it. Uh, Bags 2020 says you're exactly right. They should be beating this team like a drum. We're the number one seed. That part I think is deceptive, but we'll get there. Nick Rotindo says, let's start a GoFundMe to get Anthony some lights in his house. <laughs> Bobby says, good point to something. I don't know what. Uh, Nick Hyona says, they will be okay. Brian Gravino says on Facebook, I'll just let it at this. They better win game six. Have a good night, boys. Ryan Orson on Twitter says, adversity. M. Flude says, the new NHL, not one player on either team dropped the gloves. Penny, uh, Penny Lindsay on Facebook says, what a lack of interest. Still was exciting as hell. Uh, Michael Richmond over on Twitter says, first time in forever. He had a bad game in the second game. I love the kid, but let's be real. Mm, I disagree with that one. M. Flute says Oilers lost in finals, uh, eighth seed. Yep, that was with Pronger. They were the eighth seed. That's right. Zoe M. says the Flyers are better than they get credit for. Mm-hmm. Ryan Orson says, Ant, where are your headphones? Your big ones. <laughs> That's your fault. They lost because you have old Apple headphones instead of your big. Look at those. They're right here. Why aren't you using them? It's all your fault. Uh, Penny Lynn C says after a, uh, after a loss, we hear about the penguins. Yuck. Stop it. Anthony Lem- uh, Lemonia says, come on, Ant. they should have ended it. Nick Hyonis on Twitter says, guys, Montreal, not a bad team. People keep forgetting they're healthy now before COVID they had injuries. Joseph Farrell on Twitter says the blue jackets last year, Russ to me, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. we already said, like, whatever that didn't end up, end up mattering. Uh, Penny Lynn C says it was, uh, Chris, Minza on uh, Twitter says Oilers in 2006 were an eight seed. I made it to the finals against Carolina spinning way wheels through life says flyers aren't a true top seed. And Billivis says good game perhaps, but sloppy play by the flyers spinning my wheels through life says who is TK. I remember that guy. Chris Naffy on Facebook says Anthony, don't forget Vancouver's uh, cup run in 1982 below right. 500 regular season and made the finals swept by the Islanders. Jeff Cantone on Twitter says Nate Thompson is AV's new Tanner glass. <laughs> um, uh, somebody with a bunch of underscores says you guys are embarrassing defending Nate Thompson. I think your profile picture there is embarrassing. And I think your take on hockey is embarrassing. Uh, Penny Lynn C says you two are hilarious. Bottom line is they lost and it sucks. Well, I'm glad we're hilarious. I appreciate I hope that. that's a good hilarious and not hilarious as in, no, Penny, wrong, Penny is a fan of uh, of the show, so I think she just means that we're hilarious, yeah. just in general. Uh, 
Chris Menza on Twitter says, I want Nick Suzuki Suzuki's head on a platter, but the Flyers showed restraint because they were trailing. Mm-hmm. Nick Hyona says we shouldn't be over overreacting. We're fine. Mm-hmm. Chris Mac double O says no. And then in all caps, and you're wrong on your defending AV Meltzer Terrian, both AV playing fourth line cost them too much. Uh, Penny Lynn C says, are you mad? LOL. Nick Hyona says, no shot. They win three in a row against us. John Venditti, Ven, Venditti, Venditti says, it's amazing how one Montreal player disrupts the Flyers' breakout. Fireball Paul, we still have two games to figure them out. Good learning experience for the young guys. Let's go. Um, and then Chris Mack comes back in and says, Flyers' top players should be embarrassed how they played thus far five on five. AJ Yates on Twitter says, five on five wasn't good enough. We're so happy we scored on that power play that everyone's forgetting five on five. I let off of the five on five. Not good in this game. Uh, let's stop there for now. That was a bunch of comments. Pick out your favorite, your favorite things that you want to go after. There's so much. Um, first of all, I can't believe people are complaining that it's too dark in the house. <laughs> I, mean, we got, I could put the overhead lights on, but we got two side lamps of the TV. It's, it's plenty it's of light. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, anyway. Um, well, where where do we want to begin, Russ? I mean, I don't care. So, Carter Hart, I don't think he had a bad game in game two. Yeah, he got pulled, but he got pulled as a as a sign to the team that they were playing poorly in front of him. You go back and look at those four goals that he allowed in that game. What really were you look and say, "Oh man, Carter should have had that one." I mean, not, I mean, you really you really can't. Um this game he definitely should have had the second Montreal goal. That was ugly as hell. And then he should have had the, the, what was the original fourth goal that was overturned because of the offside. I mean, those are two bad goals. So he really was not good tonight. Um, but and this is the first time he was really not good uh, in a long while. I mean, you have to go back to, a road game in the regular season when he couldn't win on the road, right? Well, I mean, it's funny that last game was technically a road game and he was lights out. Actually, the last two, right? And then yeah. this was supposed to be a home game and he played yeah. like a regular season road game. Not yeah, good. yeah. So I mean, I, I, you know, I, I mean, to me, that's 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 one thing. Um, I, I, I got to defend. I'm going to defend the fourth line. I'm going to defend the coach for using the fourth line and multiple for multiple reasons. First and foremost, those two goals were scored against the fourth line following flyer power play goals. Now, if you look at the flyers power play, the flyers power play has Voracek and Couturier who are playing on one line. Mm -hmm. Farabee, who's playing on another on a, on a second line, Giroux, who's playing on a third line. So when you finish up the power play there with those guys, they have to, they're coming off the ice. What line are you putting out there? You're going to put out there a good checking defensive line because you just scored. Just so happens in both instances, they were on the ice for goals against against Montreal. Now, by Montreal, but where to to me, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I have a problem trying to figure out where that line was at fault. I know everybody's going to sit there and say, "Well, Nate Thompson turned the puck over." Nate Thompson has Robert Haig behind the net as he's going to get to the puck. He's checked into the boards and he keeps his body position good. He protects the puck. And then he goes to make the pass to Haig, who was already starting up ice. So Haig is not where he's supposed to be. That goal is is Haig's fault. Of course, then Drouin gets it, throws it out in front. Suzuki scores. And what does Haig do immediately? He smashes his stick against the post because he knows. He knows he left where he was supposed to be. Yeah. Okay? So that's not on Thompson at all. That's not on the fourth line at all. Everybody wants to blame the fourth line. AV has a lot of trust in that line. That line has been very good in this series, I would say, I would submit that at five on five, that line could arguably be the best line that, that the Flyers have had in this series at five on five. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, no, here's the, here's, okay, a, here's, I, a, I, I, here's an interesting thing. No Flyers goal has been scored without either Giroux or Voracek or both on the ice in this series. Not one. Okay. Okay, so that's another thing. Everybody says that the top guys aren't playing well. They're not scoring. You gave a, you were ripping Giroux at the beginning. Oh, he should win that faceoff. The fact of the matter is, it, it, it is, is critical. I mean, I 
I mean, that's what I'm saying. These guys, so the offenses, all all the offenses happening when those two guys are on the ice, one of those two guys or both are on the ice. And the fourth line has been your best defensive line for the series. You want to look at guys who are not playing well? We can point to Scott Lawton, who's really not played well in in this series. Travis Konechny has disappeared. Travis Konechny not played well in this series. I don't think Derek Grant's been all that great. He's been okay at times, but I I don't think he's been very good in this series. Um, So – you know, Hayes. Okay. Kept- I, I will say, I'm I'm as as big of a proponent of of Sean Couturier being the best player on this team, best two way player on the team. I don't know what it is. It's almost like he's been snake bitten. Oh, like, really? He, yeah, yeah. Like in yeah. in in front of net, there are I don't know, it, two two to four plays, two to four opportunities in every game. It feels like this series where he converts a, at least half. And for whatever reason in, in this series has been unable to get on, on the other end. Now, granted, one of them, I, I think he probably would have had a goal um, on, what was it, Vorchek's second that went off a defenseman's skate. But that I, that's usually, usually, Sean Couturier nearer the crease is about as much of a sure thing as you can find. His lack of production at least his lack of being able to convert some solid opportunities in front of net has been upsetting. I, I do implore you because I know that the second that, that Claude Giroux's name is brought up, you get very huffy and up in arms. He doesn't, he doesn't look like the same guy that I think people expect. And I don't know if maybe it's not an injury. Maybe it's just time catches up to a guy. We know that he was moved to the wing because the physical burden that playing center took on him was not advantageous to to him or to the team. So they moved him to wing with the thought that he'll be able to excel there and they'll probably get more out of him for the remainder of his career than they could have at center. Do people just have too high of an expectation because they they think of prime Claude Giroux and this is not prime Claude Giroux? Because I like to me, that's kind of what I think I think we're seeing. Well, it's fair, you know. I think I think your take is is not completely wrong, but I do think that there's elements of it that are wrong. Okay. Um, no, I, I think that I do think that that's the expectation that people have. I think you're you're spot on with that. I think that everybody expects peak Claude Giroux. Do I think that we're at a, at a point where he's not capable of being the player that he was? You know, even you know a couple years ago when he willed the team by himself to the playoffs, basically with that great finish to the season there. Um, uh, no, I think he can certainly still be that. I think, though, that in this in this system, the the system is not built around guys being putting up big production as far as goals and assists and points. It just isn't. I mean, I I, don't, I, I keep repeating this. I keep saying, you know, the Flyers' leading goal scorer or leading point score get, getter this year was Travis okay. Konechny, and he was 29th in the NHL. At the t- at the end of the regular season when it got cut off in March, so it's not like they have guys at the top that are competing with, you know, with the Connor McDavid's of the world and and the Kucherovs of the world, and you know, uh, and they don't have anybody who scores like Ovechkin. I mean, you just don't have that on this team. So what this system has done is taken what they have and said, okay, we're going to be more of an opportunistic offense, and and score when we have the chances to score, and not try to create great offensive chances, you know, constantly at the risk of losing defense. Okay. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's what I think that you're seeing, especially in the playoffs where I think there's even more of a concentration on the defensive side of the game. And and it's, it's the flyers are willing to, I think the the difference is is the flyers maybe in the past would have tried to open up the game when they're behind or when they're, you know, whatever, but this even tonight, I didn't think that they tried to open it up. I felt like they're a team that says, all right, we'll we'll gain inch by inch by inch. It might take us a while to get there, but we'll get there. And they never got there at five on five tonight. But the power play picked them up. The power play scored three goals tonight. Amazing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Who who knew, right? That the power play can turn it on. 
Um, but but that's to me, that's how they're playing. And I don't think that there's going to be a change. I don't think that that's going to change at all. I think that that's how you're going to see them play in game six and, and, and beyond um, in the next round. And if they keep going beyond that, I think that this is going to be the same thing. And we're going to keep hearing the same complaints. Claude Giroux's not scoring. He doesn't look right. What's wrong with Giroux? Why isn't Couturier scoring? Kevin Hayes doesn't have a goal. Like we're going to keep hearing the same things, but we keep forgetting that you know, we're only hearing are hearing these in games where they lose. But they're ahead in a series. They've won six out of eight since hockey's returned, mm-hmm. and they're doing it without these guys doing what they're what they're you know what you're expecting them to do. So it tells you that there's something right with the system that changes the outcome of of who of who's going to score goals. That's all. Can I tell you something bonkers that happened? Yeah, what, sure. What's my favorite stat? Uh, expected goals. Would you believe that the Flyers and Canadians ended with the exact same expected goals? Then why is the game not still going on? It should be, be in overtime. Two point nine four to two point nine four. It really it's like those kind of things that just bother you. You know, well, they, I mean, yeah. Okay. So I think in a way you're, you're kind of agreeing with the fan base just a little bit. No, I, I, I agree with, I agree with you that the fan base has sometimes too high of an expectation with this, with the, some of the players on this team. How many teams is Claude Giroux? A top line winger. Um, almost everyone. Okay. If and if not, he's on the second line. Okay. Yeah, almost every, because, almost every team. Because that answer, while still supportive, if you had asked that question two years ago, it's every team. To me, yeah, I, I I just I, I Jake Voracek did something tonight that I think people want to see Claude Giroux do. And they're, they're, to- they're different players. But Voracek has a propensity to have to just go out for a skate sometimes. We talked about earlier in the, in the, in the series, right? That the game against Tampa, he might have been a healthy scratch. And that he might have ruffled Aline Vigneault's feathers. And here in a game where, you know, you want, as A.B. would say, your your top players driving the bus. Jake Voracek had, I think, his best game of the season. And you might even be able to say his best game in the last two or three. And that's good. Like, to me, that's a good sign. If that's what you're going to get from him for the rest of the series, it's excellent. I just think that, like, I, I, I wonder if Claude Giroux still has these kinds of, of games in him with more regularity. If that makes sense. And maybe, maybe the expectation just is too high and maybe it's going to go down as like, you know, you always say that that Claude Giroux is going to be a a hall of famer. He'll go down as a top, whatever flyer all time. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we're just going to hit a moment here where we look back on it and we say, this team really screwed him because they didn't surround him with better players in the prime of his career. And by the time the team as a whole was good enough to truly contend he wasn't at at the peak of his game, and I'm I'm kind of starting to think that that might be. We're getting there, and I and it and to me it's a little bit of a bummer. Like the concept of of him like being sort of on a third line in this game, like I get the idea of wanting to spread spread out your your most talented vets, but like something about that is a little bit sad to me. And and I'm kind of wondering if maybe the the fan base as a whole kind of has to come to grips with maybe he's not gonna be the guy who can turn it on and, and win you a game with the shift like he did eight years ago. Maybe it's just not maybe it's just not there anymore. It doesn't mean that he's not a good player. It doesn't mean that he's not one of the best flyers of all time. But maybe it's just it's not there. And maybe I, I don't know. I'm looking at the comments now. Ambilovis just chimed in and said, agreed. Jake played with real intensity tonight. Would like to see this far more often. I, you know, 
Fires being lit under guys. Voracek responded. James Andrews is scratched again. Well, what, so answer me, answer me this. So you say sure. Voracek responded, which he did. He scored two big goals and he had an assist on Farabee's goal. Yeah. Well, why doesn't Giroud get credit for that as well? He made two great plays on they both were, of Voracek's goals. They were, they were both great plays. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like it, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta, you can't just sit here and say, well, he's not scoring. He's got four points in five games. If he gets one, if he had one more point tonight, if it was him that made the assist on Farabee, he'd be a point per game player. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't because he's not scoring a goal. He's he's more of a of you know he's more of a setup guy in, in, in it always has been. He's one of the best assist men in the history of hockey. Just really is. I mean, he's climbing that ladder. He's gonna he's gonna be in in the top twenty all time in that in that category. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, to me. I, I don't I don't see the difference. Like I see the way that he plays and I see that he's creating for other players just because he's not scoring a goal. Like I don't I don't get it. Um that said, I I didn't particularly like the line he was on tonight. I, I, I think that A V was trying to let use him to jumpstart two guys that haven't been good in Lawton and and Grant, and it didn't work. So I wonder if there's going to be a cha- another change there. I, I really wouldn't be surprised to see JVR back in the lineup uh, in Game Six and playing him with Giroux. Yeah, I, I really, I ser- I'm serious. Like I really think that that's a possibility um, that that you get that in in Game Six. Um, maybe that's what you need. Yeah, could maybe, be. Like maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. I don't know. I don't know. I so. Don't know. All right. Uh, let's see. We got a bunch on this topic, so let's uh, let's get to a few of those as well. Um, by the way, Flyers Canadians game six Friday night at seven p.m. confirmed. Um, all right. Go back to where you left off. Here we go. Big City Dwight says they need to put Giroux back with some playmakers. Giroux, Grant, and Lawton makes no sense. Uh, Trevor Harris says, why are Flyers fans expecting prime young Giroux right now or the 100 point Giroux? Uh, Chris Viva says on Facebook, I don't think G has played poorly, but I think something's missing. I think it might be something as simple as confidence. You're going Big- to start popping these up again. Oh yeah. Sorry. My Keep bad. Yeah, my, my, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, Big city Dwight says just a matter of time until those guys bust out. Colin says a uh, great point. Not sure what that was too. That came up after I was talking for okay. certain. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, Kevin Hayes is due for one. He's been knocking on. Yeah. The so like there's another really thing. Like, game. I think not only just this game, I thought he was great in game four. Yeah. I thought he re- had two very good games and mm-hmm. maybe was the best flyer over the course of the last two games. You maybe say Vorchek. Okay, fine. But he doesn't, he didn't get anything. He didn't even get, he didn't get a point. And yeah. he played a great game. So that's what I'm trying to say. That sometimes we look at goals and assists, and and that's all that we we recognize for for positivity. Freaking Kevin Hayes was sensational in Game Four, and he was really good again tonight. Uh, Jake Kacharski over on Twitter says, "But it would be a breeze if they scored. Now it's making it close without them doing anything." And I think this comes back to something that I had said to you after the round robin, that at some point when when your second line, when your young defensemen are scoring goals and you're winning kind of in spite of the fact that your big, your big vets, your highest paid vets aren't, aren't getting on the score sheet that that's okay. But there will come a time where that's going to dissipate. And I, you know, again, Voracek had a great game tonight. You have a $7 million scratch on the bench. Like, you know, it, it's just, I get why people get frustrated when, when some of that, when that secondary scoring disappears and, and if, and if you don't get the scoring from some of your big guys. Now, again, Voracek had a great game tonight. Giroux had two helpers. I, 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 I don't know. Um, Trevor Harris says, and if you have to explain the hate to non-Philadelphian fans, why Philly media hates Giroux. I don't know what that means. I think that I think he's basically saying that there's a there's a knock on Giroux by the Philly media, and it, and that that stems from Trevor. To be honest with you, that stems from the fact that 
Claude is not really great with the media. He doesn't, he dodges some interview requests sometimes. He dodges, he dodges a lot. And it's not and, just some. No, sometimes, not all the he, time. He dodges a lot. But when, and when he does talk, he doesn't say anything really of great value. So he's Nolan Patrick. He's so, Nolan Patrick, but he, but he dodges. <laughs> That's what you get. Uh, but I, my point is, is that I think that the, the, the media who covered this team on a daily basis gravitate toward guys who are talkers, guys who will say something. And if you don't, if you don't say something or you're, you're just kind of, you know, occasionally available or whatever and, and give like, you know, short answers that don't say anything, the media kind of turns on you. And that's, I don't know. I, I never got that. Like, like I was, I'll take you back to Mike Richards who never said a thing. Mike was, Mike hated the, talking to the media, but I got along with Mike. Like I, I was okay with it. And, and, and I never held anything against Mike because of the way he talked to the media. That was that was not his job. I mean, it's his job, but it's not his primary job. It's not his primary job to talk to us. His primary job is to go out and win hockey games and be the captain of a hockey team. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's and I think Giroux, it's the same thing. Like, I don't hold it against these guys who who don't feel really comfortable talking in front of cameras or talking to a large group of people. I don't hold it against them. It's okay. That's why I never really complained if a guy was not available. You know, I would joke about it. I would go up to the PR guy and say, oh, so he's in the shower again. Oh, he's on the table again, right? Ah, ha, ha, ha. Like, but I don't – I'm not going to hold it against the guy. So – but these – but the media, they, you know, they take it personally. For whatever reason, I can't – I can't explain it. I will say that the reason that – that at least from my perspective, that last year – not this year as much. Last year – I kind of sat back and was like, that doesn't seem like a a really good leadership thing to do is because last year when everything was a disaster, guys like Sean Couturier were out talking to the media every game and young players. I I can't think of all of them right now, but young guys on the team who probably shouldn't have had to be the ones answering questions after yet another loss were pretty consistently out there and he was dodging in the shower. And like that to me, it, it didn't sour me on Claude Giroux as a human being or as a hockey player, but it was kind of like, I don't think that that's a great position to put your teammates, especially your younger teammates in. I just don't. And you know, if inside the locker room, everybody's like, Hey, this is hunky dory and it's fine. And and it doesn't matter. Then cool. But like from an optic standpoint, I kind of think like, "Eh, it's not, not the greatest look. And like Sean Couturier to me, doesn't strike like, when you think about the the answers he gives in post game, like sometimes he gives you a, a decent enough tidbit, but like he's also not uh, Danny Briere, right? right? Right. But I don't see many people turn on Couturier. You know, the, of course, yeah. of course they don't turn on Couturier because he he's he's willing to talk every game. Yeah, that's the difference. That's yeah. what I'm trying to. That's what I was just trying to say to Trevor. It, it becomes a media thing that they don't like the guy, or, they, or the guy has a shorter rope because he doesn't talk, and, and that's. That's unfair. It's completely unfair. Uh, Christopher Hawk said Jake took too many penalties. He did. Um, I agree with that. T over on Twitter says worst part of the losses are having to to wait two grueling days for redemption. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a tough day tomorrow for Flyers fans. Get through tomorrow. Trevor Harris said something uh, like a moment of clarity about Claude Giroux on how management screwed the pooch on him. Oh, he would like a moment on that. Well, I think that's a that's another topic. Maybe we'll have to do a, another episode this week of of just snow the goalie. We'll kind of talk about that as a whole. I think we can get really far into that. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Frank says totally fine with JVR being scratched. He's not been impressive. He's not been impressive, Aaron. But I'll tell you, if you're a veteran player who's been benched for two games in the Stanley Cup playoffs and you get an opportunity to get back in there, I think you might see a little bit different, especially if he's playing with a player like Giroux. I really can see – I can really see – I know there's a question somebody asked. I don't know who it is, but there I saw it pop up, and it's not on my screen anymore. But asking if you bring JVR back, who comes out? I can see taking – I can see – Big C. Yeah, I, I can see taking Derek Grant out um, and putting JVR in and putting Giroux in the middle. Yeah. Um, and then also maybe you go Giroux between JVR and – and Lawton, you know, or Konechny, or maybe put Konechny on that side. Giroux and Konechny had, had some chemistry in the past. And, you know, put you could put Lawton with Farabee and Hayes. Maybe that's 
a different combination. Speaking so, of T- uh, speaking of Konechny, Elizabeth Zane Pfeffer uh, on Facebook asks, is TK playing hurt? It's a good question because, you know, he did take a shot. Uh, with, I forget what game it was. Took a shot off the foot. In, in three? It was either, yeah, I think it might have been. It was game three because three. Yeah. then uh, Lynn Blom led the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it's possible that he that he's dealing with an injury of some kind down there. But, you know, again, we get zero information on injuries. So, yep. Colin Silva said effectively the same thing. Yeah. If anything, I want to see more out of TK. Seems to be a shell of himself in this one. Um, Chris over on Twitter says 2 0 wins are boring, but they're wins. And um, I'll stop asking the top line to score and take any any dub from, from here on out. Yep. Um, so I think we're getting a lot of these are similar, are almost the same. Uh, I'm kind of ready to, to call it a night. Oh, because you got to go do WIP. Well, I have to do that. I don't know what time. Uh, <laughs> I'm on to you, Russ. We'll, we'll do some more. We'll do some more. <laughs> what do you want to do? Uh, I just want to you know, give people a chance. I mean, if you if they commented, yeah. want to, you know. All right. Uh, Coots is due for 57 greasy goals. He's been all over the front of net. Yeah, he really has. And Bilvis says, one thing I've gotten out of this series is Weber is still a force. Wish Homer had made that deal work. I, hey, listen, and I'm going to just say this about that. Uh, that was it was funny. My first day working for the Philadelphia Flyers was the day they were giving Shea Weber the tour uh, of the facility. And I walked in, and I'm shaking hands with people, meeting people. And, uh, the, you know, uh, Peter Luco, who was the CEO at the time, or the uh, president at the time, um, says, hey, come with me. I want to introduce you to somebody. And I go go with him, get on the elevator, go down to the event floor level. And he goes, like, hey, uh, Anthony, this is uh, Shea Weber. And I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm like, what the hell? I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is he doing here? And then Peter took me aside and says, you can't tell anybody, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna offer him we're gonna offer him a, a contract as a restricted free agent that Nashville will never be able to match. And of course, Nashville figured out a way to make to match it, which surprised the flyers they really thought they had him um but yeah that was uh weber's a hell of a player he's a hell of a player so that wasn't homer's fault that they couldn't make that deal work they had a deal they didn't think nashville was going to match was going to be able to match it and they did and i don't think it worked out all that well for nashville no they ended up trading him for pk suban yep so who's no longer in nashville nope and weber and is not a very good player anymore and weber's still a very good player yep he would have been, he would have been a heck of a, uh, of a. Pickup. He would have been another pronger. He would have been. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. What else do you want to hit? Uh, let's see. Do 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 do. Anthony uh, DeAngelo said it was game two when he took the shot off his skate. There it is. Uh, yeah. Mark Kennedy on Facebook said, "I had to shave for my part-time job. It's my fault." There you go. He got rid of the playoff beer. Yeah, I thought about it today, and I was like, you know what? I should have known to my my. My three-month-old daughter puked on my flyer shirt, and uh, I'm pretty sure that was an omen. Yeah, should have known better. So, <sighs> all right. All right. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Trevor Harris asks, "How's the Church of Hague doing tonight?" Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't think he had a bad game until that goal. Until, until that, that mistake. Goal. Yeah. I, I, I thought that he was actually having a pretty solid game, to be honest with you, until that until he made the mistake on the go-ahead goal. Uh, let's see. I think there was – was there one more that I, I saw that I wanted to get? Uh, this game was just annoying. Our highs were immediately shot down with miserable lows. Mm-hmm. And you know what? This is where I think it's it's gut check time, and it's uh, it's a matter of seeing if you're able to close this team out in game six. You don't yeah. want it to go to seven because in a game seven, anything can happen. Right. Now it's now it's put up or shut up time. Yeah. And not, not to mention Sunday, I have a heck of a lot of stuff going on, and I really don't want to have to deal with a game seven on a Sunday. Wow. <laughs> Anthony so, Sampalippo, really committed. <laughs> committed to you, the Flyers fans out there. I, mean, I, was, I, I didn't know what the schedule was going to be back yeah. in when plans yeah. were made, you know? Of course not. Yeah. Yeah. We got a couple. We got two more comments that just came in from a couple of uh, newer names. So I'm going to get to those. And uh, what's your boggle says doesn't hurt when Weber can basically mug people at will. Refs have been horrendous. Also, Anthony must be smoking the good stuff to post that Thompson had been excellent. 
Yeah. Well, that's I'm, I'm glad you think that because Nate Thompson has been very good in the role that he's being asked to play. I don't think that there's anything that he's done wrong when he's been on the ice. I just, I just don't. And if people, I know somebody threw up a, you didn't even go to it, which is probably a good thing, but they threw up a link to some kind of advanced stats metrics bull bullshit that we have to deal with, you know, look at this. And so this percentage is this. I'm telling you, the guy is playing good hockey. If he wasn't playing good hockey, he would not be on the ice. He would not be getting 14 minutes per night. Um, and from a veteran coach like uh, Elaine Vigneault. Uh, here's the last one. Let's end on a positive. Colin Sebastian over on Facebook says, how about 20-year-old Joel Farabee with three goals this series? Where do you rank him among the Flyers' younger players on the current roster? Well, you know, I, I wonder, you know, the people still complaining about the Braden Chen trade? I mean, he's been really good. The thing about Farabee is, is that Farabee is really good in one end of the ice. Yeah. And really not good at the other end of the ice. But and that's learn. because he's young and, and he's still got to learn the game. It's not yeah. a knock on him because I, I certainly think he, he's going to learn that other end. And yep. I think that that's kind of why the, the coaching staff was a little reluctant to have him in the lineup um, at the start of the series. But right now, he's a good fit for that power play. Uh, he's not afraid to, to get, you know, get into the dirty areas. Um, and he, he, fit, he works well with, with Hayes because Hayes is such a good two-way guy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's good to put him on that line with Kevin Hayes. Um, and especially, like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it go Farabee, Hayes, Lawton. Then you got two really responsible guys on the line with Farabee kind of can kind of make up for it. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. It's not just about scoring the goals. I, I'm impressed the way he plays in the offensive end. Um, Listen, it's it's the snow, the goalie bump. He's the only multiple appearance uh, player. That's right. On snow, the goalie, the only flyers podcast. Speaking of, don't forget to subscribe to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever else you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll be back on, well, I don't know. Wait, what? Wait, one second, Russ. What? Josh Norton, who missed the whole beginning of this, I'm pretty sure, missed the whole beginning of this conversation that we had. Go ahead and read his comment. He I just thought- popped on like seconds ago and put a comment. I felt like this game finally gave us some passion. Sure. We lost, but I think it helped push us. Ah, shut up. All right. Ah. We will be back back on, I guess Friday, unless we decide to record a show in the meantime, but this will hit the podcast feed. So if you missed any part of it and you're watching live, don't forget, we will uh, have it over in the podcast feed. So for Anthony at Ann San Philly, I'm Russ at joy on broad. We'll see you on uh, on Friday for game six.